You're listening to Drums and Guns with your hosts, Brian DeChristopher and Jason Touchstone. But they don't do that with Chef Ramsay. I think. Mm-mm. Good. I don't think you no, tolerate no, no. that. No, no, no. Like when he goes to those restaurants and everything like that, I think those are real people. I think he's really doing that. But even though I think those are all real people and everything like that, and I don't think there's anything awry going, you can't tell me they don't fucking know he's coming. No. <laughs> you can't tell me they don't You're know he's coming. You're killing me. Oh. You're killing me. Oh, hey there. How's yes. it going there, Bluebeard? Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm back, I'm back to the Bluebeard, you know, after uh, half a year of just uh, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, all right. So now do you make your do you make your own bluebeard coloring? Yes. Okay. Yes. I take it's a special, it's a special mix of cobalt and sapphire blue. Now you're yanking my chain. No, I am not. And the funny thing <laughs> is, is when I, I I usually go into um my wife's hairdresser and she bleaches it, but I do the mixing of the colors because I know exactly how much of one and the others put together. Right on. So you got the recipe and it's so all up in here. But yeah. But today it's like, I did, I did my own. I, I've never bleached, you know, so I just bought bleach and did it on my own and turned out good. Good con. <laughs> I like your look. We're, we got a similar thing. Oh yeah, it definitely. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't my remember beard. what these are. These are um, Ray-Bans, I think, or something. Oh, they're Oakleys. Oh, well, those mine are some internet company. I just, I know, don't you hate it though? Your prescription looks similar to mine because I can tell it's like you need glasses to find your glasses. You know, you set them down somewhere. You're like, son of a, why did I set them down? Where are they? <laughs> so you need the glasses to find your other glasses. I hate that. I'm glad I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh. But so, but these but these do have bifocals in them, so I pay the oh. extra so I can see far and see close. Yeah, I I think you're like me though. They 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 are kinder now, not bifocals. Transitions. Oh, trans transitions. Transition. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's bifocal. Yeah. <laughs> do yours tint as well in the sun? Do they go dark on you? No, mine don't. No, I, I had it. those. I I had those, and these I just got these a couple months ago, and I didn't get those this time because I ran into a huge problem when I go outside shooting with my mm-hmm. camera. Yeah, they went dark. So when I'm looking through the viewfinder, mm-hmm. I'm looking at something darker than it really is. It's like <laughs> so my photos were turned. You know, I had to actually look at the the. Um, the exposure bar because I couldn't trust my eyes because it was just, you know, dark. So I got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 And I've seen that the big problem with those is that sometimes one will shoot out and the other one won't. Oh, really? So yeah, you'll just have one will be tinted. The other one will just be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you a pirate? <laughs> yeah, really? No. Yeah. I had, I originally had them in my, first first glasses 
Then the second time they said there was a, a newer version that actually transitioned faster. So it's like when you're in a building and then you go outside. Um, but it, it just for photographer, you know, photographer, no, yeah. it, it just messes everything. Yeah, that but you sense. got good at your histogram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. But now it's like, a, but though I'm shooting mirrorless now, so basically, what you see through the viewfinder is what your photo is. Mm-hmm. So there's no more, you know, sitting there going, oh, I want, you know, should have turned out okay, you know. <laughs> should have. <laughs> oh, so, hey Brian, in, introduce yeah. do the intro. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. my is is my microphone okay volume wise and everything? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I just I got this iRig mic from I don't even know what the company is, but anyways, <laughs> speaking to Mike Savoya here, who is a fantastically talented and incredible photographer in the event and rock world, and. uh Man, you shoot just about everybody. And I'm going to move on quickly, and I'll come back to you <laughs> with my co-host, Jason Touchstone, and myself, Brian Christopher. And so, Mike, coming back to you, um, the first time I met you, I think, now I'd seen you, but the first time I actually met you and talked to you, I think, was at Canefest. Oh, I, gosh, that's right. It, yeah, and you were Canefest. Yeah. Where was that, up back, in Arlington? or, or mm-hmm. Was it yeah. Arlington? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was up in Arlington. And and you were behind the stage and you were taking pictures of my amp. And so I walk up because I'm like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> I, I think I recognize this guy, but I've never talked to him. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I come, then I find out that you're a massive sabotage fan, which yeah. of course I'm a massive sabotage fan. And I find out you're a massive <laughs> loudness fan. Well, that's me too. <laughs> so yeah, so then we've been friends pretty much ever since. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's cool. <laughs> oh, totally, man. There's like not too many, uh, you know, sabotage fans left. You know, they're all they all kind of uh, went to TSO now. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, just- so sabotage was a band that came from the Tampa Clearwater area of Florida, where I grew up and cut my teeth, and so I was friends with one of the guitar players, uh, Chris. And so anyways, they became pretty much worldwide. I think it was streets where they really started taking off. Hall of the Mountain King. Because the Hall of the Mountain King is the one that really got them on the radar, you know, MTV and the video and stuff. And you're right. Then after that, they, you know, got her ballet and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And then after that, Chris Caffrey, our pal Chris joined around that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, really added really a lot. Added but anyways, but anyways um, yeah, so yeah, then they so came out they here came out and here. Mike got to chauffeur them. Well, it was sabotage. Uh, that was a, you know what it was? It was the, uh, the uh, yeah, the Ballard Firehouse show when the uh, l- little bit of the riot, the riot that happened there and the show ended only like two songs and uh, <laughs> the, band, the band had to get out of there like really quick. <laughs> So, so yes, yeah, so you were using, I'm getting a little bit cut out. That's totally on me. There we go. I think I got it fixed now. All right. So you used to, if I'm, if I'm correct, you used to use Canon cameras and you switched to Nikon. Is that true? Um, when I first started shooting film, 
my dad had a Canon, a Canon whole setup. And so I actually used that for, ooh, first couple years, <coughs> excuse me. And then um, I switched to Nikon and been with them ever since. Uh -huh. <clears throat> yeah, so, but you know, to me, a camera is a camera, you know, it's just kind of one reason you stay with a company is because you buy so many lenses it costs way too much to switch, you know? Right. So, yeah, that's What true, do you look it? for in a lens? <clears throat> like its application, I guess it differs if you're doing promo shots or live action shots. Like how do you determine like, I need this lens right now? Um, well, first off, you hope you have the lens <laughs> in the bag. Don't forget it. Uh, but no, usually with, with photo shoots, stuff like that, it's usually 24 to 70 millimeters, probably 90% of the time you're using, you're using that kind of a lens and you might use a fisheye, something wider, um, for other shots and stuff, but usually most photographers have the 24 to 70 and that's the main, main one. And then you're. 200 million, you know, 70 to 200. So those are the so two you have, lenses. You have good seats then. Yeah, you lens. know what I call my seats at shows? Minus zero. <laughs> I'm in row minus zero. <laughs> right. But now your minus zero uh, that a lot of people don't know only lasts for about three songs, yes? <clears throat> Most of the time, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you have to capture everything you get in that three songs. Yep. Um, but now I had a question for you. Do you ever feel like you got, let me choose my words carefully. Um, do you ever feel like you got slighted? Because like, do you think that the, that the band is going to come out and really kick ass those first three songs so that you get the best visuals? Or are they going to stretch it out over the whole thing? And then you're like going, fuck, I wish they did that when I was... <laughs> Yeah, there's been numerous times uh, you do your three songs, you start walking to the back, and all of a sudden, magically, more lights appear, you know, and <laughs> other cool stuff to view. And Why shoot. was everything red? Exactly. Yeah. There's certain bands that do that, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know why. Why would you want photos that are dark, non- you know, it, it, it makes no sense to me. It, it kind of irks me, you know, and a lot of other photographers, you know, you go in there, shoot your three songs, you go know, out there, and then all of a sudden the show starts, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right. And it seems like, it seems counterproductive for such a visual and visual-oriented market, right? Right. Exactly. It's like, why would you want photos out there being posted, especially nowadays with the internet, being posted mm -hmm. out there, not as not as good as what people really saw so some bands just nip it in the bud and they bring people like you along like journey yeah and then i tell them don't give them any light for the first three songs and then when i no <laughs> that's awesome yeah. no no there's never there's nothing ever like that yeah, there's no so underhanded stuff yeah what is happening with COVID going on with so many bands not touring? Are you doing nature photography more now? Yeah. How do you 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's like, you know, with the music stuff, there's really, you know, nothing going on right now, uh, especially for the bands and stuff. And uh, everybody's just kind of doing what they're doing. The bands are doing, they're creating new albums. I mean, there's a billion new albums coming out. Uh, and just people are just trying to stay busy in any way they can get through it. And then sounds like it's things are going to start opening up again. Uh, you know, here in Washington, I think today they announced they're going to go to phase three. Mm -hmm. So that's a good sign. And then I heard uh, the president say that all adults will have access to a shop May 1st. So if that's the case and people are going to do it, mm -hmm. this summer might be kind of a little bit back to norm. For, and uh, have you hired out your ability to edit photos or people like, <laughs> since you're not taking them out, you're a mad editor? Yeah, I've been doing, uh, you know, just regular, regular stuff like that. You know, it's the only thing you could be doing. But to keep my, you know, my eye and focus and stuff, I mean, you just got to go out and shoot. doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a tree skill. Yeah. Yeah. The tree, the birds, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Right. And then you and then were, you because you were an event photographer for, K, for KISW. Yep. And then on top of that, on your own freelance you go and you do a lot of events and you do the monsters of rock cruise, but that's through KSW. Yes. Or is that on your own? Um, no, that's totally separate. Yeah. That's oh, totally okay. separate. Okay. Yep. okay. So, that's separate. Yeah. so when so something like this hits, of course it wipes out your whole industry. I mean, you're getting yeah. many times. Yep. Totally. You know, especially with the cruises. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was one of the first things to go. So what, what is your job on a cruise? Is it they're doing live shows and you're capturing that or is it yeah, like, posing like, with stars? Yeah, like the cruises that I work, there's usually 20 to 50 bands on a cruise. And so basically you're out there five to seven days. Each day there's, you know, 12, 15 shows in the theater, on the pool deck. Or if we're on an island, mm -hmm. sometimes on the island, and yeah, it all kinds of stuff goes on. So basically, I'm running around like a you know like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to get photos. You know, at each each event, I try, mm -hmm. and we you know we have other other photographers on the cruise too because there's no way uh, I could cover everything by myself. So. Right. I imagine it's kind of chaotic, though. Yes. Yes. It is uh, very, very chaotic. <laughs> so, for an event little, like that, you have your little sheet, you know, their schedule sheet, and you're just constantly looking at it, running to the here, running there. Uh, and you're burning you, through your memory cards. Um, if you're, if you shoot, you know, crazy but i don't i pretty much know specifically what i want to go in and get and and i try to keep it to a minimum because at the end of that kind of day there's no way you want to be going through uh -huh. 
thousands of photos. I was going to ask why the switch to mirrorless. Uh, well, the number one, the number one thing for me is is what you see through the viewfinder is what you're going to get exposure wise. So it's pretty much a live preview of what you're shooting, and it makes life so much easier because you can sit there and on a split second, you know, with light you know, concert, you know, photography, lights change so quick that you can just flip a dial while you're looking through your, you know, viewfinder and expose it more or less mm -hmm. right on the spot. And mirrorless, the, the, the clarity is so much better than, uh, you know, regular DSLR, which the mirror, basically you're capturing the image by the mirror flipping. Uh-huh exposing it you know to the sensor with mirrorless there's none of that it's no motion so basically it's on the sensor do you miss that satisfying clunk of the mirror moving <laughs> no no not at all and, and and plus two with mirrorless it's it feels like it's half the weight in my hand hmm. not it's as much mechanics, much mechanics in there, huh? in there huh? yeah I mean, there's more, I mean, it's more sophisticated, you know, the computer and the camera, uh, but it's just, I'll never, I, I don't know, I, don't, I won't go back. <laughs> and, and your lens is translated over? Yes, and that's the other thing too, is like with the Nikons, they have an adapter, so I can use my old lenses on the mirrorless camera which saves, you know, lots of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> but then the other thing too, though, is with mirrorless, the lenses themselves that you can connect direct to the camera are a lot, a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. And when you take these photos, who has the final say on what happens to them? The client or are there some you're like, I'm not turning this over, it's too good. It totally, yeah. yeah, that totally depends on who, what the job is. And, mm. and who's 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 doing it like like so let's say i take a uh i shoot a show i'm gonna go through and edit and show whoever those photos most likely they're not gonna see you know the rest of the the bad stuff so i get pretty much the first day okay and on a different side of your question, Jason, um, now, like, so people can hire you to go shoot an event for them. Like, so, like, that's what I do with you sometimes is, you know, a client will come through and, hey, you're going to be at the show. You want to get in there and take some shots for me? And then, of course, if I pay you for that time, then I can use those photos to put on catalogs or put online yep. all that kind of business. But if I want to be a, a shrewd and just try to steal JPEGs that you post on Facebook, you know, that kind of makes me a dick. But yeah, but it's only 72 dots per inch. So it's like you can only use some. Yeah, you can only do so much until it's pixelates. I'm curious too, how do you determine? saturation is this shot going to be better in black and white or uh, how, that's so much creative decisions it's it's almost more than music 
and you, so many so tools many are available. Oh. Um, how do you do that? Oh boy. Over the, I mean, I've been doing it for so many years. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you, you see the photo and you just know right off the bat, you just know that coloring, you know, let's say it's a color photo. You know that if you go black and white, that thing is just going to pop out. And, wow. And you, you try it, you know, with the software we have now, it only takes one second to view something either, you know, black and white or color or this certain filter that I use, you know, just in Lightroom. That's what, that's what most of us use is Lightroom. And so it makes it a lot easier to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to look at this, look at that, and then choose and go with it. So you don't necessarily take a photo and think, I know that's going to be good in black and white. It's when you see, like when you're in the moment, are you making those considerations? No. Uh -uh. Yeah. I, yeah. When I'm shooting, I'm not thinking anything like, oh yeah, that's going to be black and white or this certain filter or whatever. I'm just in the moment trying to get that shot. I'm sorry, and Brian, I think I interrupted one of your points. Oh, it's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that much. <laughs> so, uh, no. Okay, so when you're in a shoot, though, um, do you find that you spend, let me see if I can word this right. Do you think it takes as much or more talent in the shoot than it does in production afterwards? Do you spend, you spend an equal, an equal amount, of amount of time and effort, would you say? Yeah, I would say, I would say it's both. Okay. It's, okay. it's both. Because you really um, got to know the software, know the software yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To really bring out your imagery. Yep. And, you know, and over the years, I've created my own little filters and stuff like that, or, or signature kind of stuff. And there's, there's times you take a photo and go, oh, yeah. That, that that's going to be for that uh -huh. but most of the time no when you're shooting you're i'm in the zone so it's like no really no thinking it's just <laughs> pretty much shoot 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 and then worry about it later you know you you might look at your you know what they call chimping and look and see how the photo is uh -huh. but most of the time when you're in the zone, you're just you're just there shooting. And then you go back. Have, oh, go ahead, Brian. I was gonna say, then you go back to the hotel room and go through all your stuff until two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> it depends. After a gig, no. Usually, depending on if you're just posting it like like if i was just doing ksw or something um it's going to be you know 15 20 shots so okay. it's real easy to go through real quick get the good shots edit done uh if it's somebody like you know when i'm out on the road journey it's going back to the room and it's like okay you know i usually for for a journey show i'm usually between 60 60 to 90 shots for mm -hmm. a full show that I, you know, finish editing. Mm -hmm. yeah. We were having a discussion 
about how much swag you've probably acquired. And Brian is saying, you probably stay away from the swag. No, not that he doesn't stay away from it, but that he acquires it himself on his own dime, not necessarily being gifted to him by the bands. You're right. Because I, there's the, I, I buy, I buy stuff, you know, the bands that I love, you know, <laughs> I, I buy the stuff like right here. I bought that, you know, long sleeve. I like supporting the bands. And of course, when they give me free stuff, yeah, that's, that's great and all. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, but I like supporting. I mean, you know, when me and my wife go out and go to a show, you know, we, we've had a couple times where friends are like, oh, well, you know, CD or something. And, you know, Steph will go, no, we're going to give you the $10, you know, help support. Because, you know, these bands are on the road and that's all they, that's all the money they're really making anymore. Uh-huh. is touring and merchandise. And do and you sell your work? Yes. To like to the public, like you'll have a showing or something, or is it off your way? Not so much, yeah, not so much to the public because a lot of bands are not really positive about you selling photos of them, of them, yeah, right, yeah, because then yeah, you become then basically, you basically a paparazzi, paparazzi guy, like, in their in view, their, right, right, yeah, yeah. But now they will pay you, they will hire you to do work directly for them, to capture for them, so that they can sell those images to magazines, yes. Yes. You know, are you talking like like catalog, you know, like the guitar companies and stuff like that? Yeah, when you're dealing with retail product, I would imagine that is exactly the case. Um, But with celebrity, how does that work? Let's see here. I got a I got a little thing popping up on the screen. Oh, there it goes. Um, well, basically, with that, you would send them a gallery, uh-huh. and they can go through the gallery and kind of choose which photos they want, and then depending on who it is, what it's for, then you figure out a deal. Right. Right. And then once and they, they purchase those purchase images, they can do whatever they, whatever they want with them. Yeah. Okay. At least I try making it as easy doing that. Now, have you ever had somebody, somebody, now I don't want any names because we don't want to call anybody out, but have you ever had somebody somebody like you go and you shoot them and then they take the image off your Facebook and then try to submit it to a magazine or something and don't give you any credit? No. No, not not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, they may have used a crop version of it but it's nothing like like i said on the internet you just can't grab a photo and go to a magazine and right, right. have it print because it's just gonna not it's gonna be terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah yeah you need 300 dots per inch that's what they need and the web does not give you that <laughs> right right but software, software does. does yeah true and, and it's funny you said that because like I, i'm just waiting for that software i'm sure it's out there where you I can take something you have it where you can change it from 72 to 300 dots per inch? Yes. Yes. But there's but still there's limitations. limitations. Is there? Um, and I won't yeah, name the product because so I don't believe in doing yeah. that. You know, I don't want to make them money. Um, yeah. I had to pay for it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, I'm a, you know, being a graphic designer and stuff, like there's certain plugins I'll use and certain ones I'll avoid. Um, but that one was really good because it allowed me when dealing with clients, if they submit imagery, like many do, would be a word document and it's got a PNG sitting in it. It's worthless. You can't use that PNG for anything except for another word document, right? So right. what you have to do is you have to take that image, extract it out, bring it into Photoshop, open it into this program, enlarge it, and then you can basically get a facsimile of what it would look like at 300 ppi. Mm. But yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Do you ever print out any of the photos and hang them in your house? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I have a this little wall here, and it's. I have some frames and some, you know, prints that I need to hang up, but it's just like, how do you, you know, just putting it up on the wall nice is kind of the hard thing. Mm -hmm. So, but no, yeah, I got a couple. Let's see here. Uh, oh, here, I'll grab one right here. Oh, He's reaching into a crowd. Oh, you know what? <laughs> the green screen is actually not showing. Let's see if I can do it. See if I can get oh, shades yeah, yeah. It is weird, isn't it? I wonder why it's not showing it. But you know what it is? It's probably because there's a coloring in the photo that's acting like a green screen. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a bummer. But <laughs> yeah, I got Shanker. I got Billy Idol on my Queensryche promo. So it's going to be cool when it's all done. <laughs> oh, there was a shot you did with Queensryche. Mm -hmm. um, and Gosh, I wish I could explain it. It looks like it's in a hangar. Where mm -hmm. is, is that what it is? It's in a hangar? No. Remember that's that? <laughs> it's the underground bus tunnel. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was, uh, yeah. The, it's amazing going down in those tunnels and seeing the different architecture they have down there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the photos that you're talking about, uh, there's another one. Uh, I don't know if you're talking about the one where it has the yellow kind of roof. It looks matrix. There's that one. And then there's another one where you're talking about like the gray kind of roof hangar. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Those are, those are the underground bus tunnels. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you choose the location? location? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Cause I showed them, I was like, check this out. And they're like, <laughs> For most of your shoots, you yes. choose. Yeah. Now you find out, you'll, you'll scout places and then you'll have a person in mind for them, right? And you'll go like, this is going to be perfect for this person and I'm going to suggest it to this person. Yeah, depending on the location, what it is, you know, you're either going to have your rock, your metal or your country. <laughs> right. It's going to be a train track, a brick wall or a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll try to stay away from all that. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> what the the norm, <laughs> right? It's like, right. It's like the client, you know, like really, you want another railroad track for your country acoustic guitar thing? Like, no, you gotta do something different. We'll put a silo in there. <laughs> <laughs> How many cameras do you travel with? <clears throat> Instead of swapping out a lens, I imagine. Yeah, usually two, like for live shows, traveling, two bodies. Always got to have two bodies, at least. And, and there's already a lens attached, attached to both? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because you don't want to be swapping out. No. Uh Do you ever think you're going to swap to like an iPhone? Why are you using mirrorless and not like your camera? Uh, It'd be nice if it was just an iPhone. Yeah, because carrying stuff, carrying equipment around is is a pain. It's funny you say that though, because I had a post yesterday on my Instagram where I, I had this photo of this tiny DSLR that was in the palm of my hand, and I actually mentioned, I actually said in the post, I said, one of these days we're gonna get to this point where we're gonna, you know, technology is gonna catch up, and we're just gonna have this little device. And then after I typed all it out, all of a sudden I thought to myself, wait, what am I talking about? We have the iPhone. <laughs> it's, we already have it. It's just, it's getting to a point where those are, those are taking pretty good pictures, but they can say whatever they, they want to say. It's never going to replace a DSLR sized sensor. Are you, are you more of a fan of the sensor or the glass? Both. Equal love affair. Yes, equal love affair. Uh, 24, 24 megapixels. It's perfect. That's like the perfect, perfect size. Then, then you know, your glass is your glass, depending on how much you spend on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine swapping over to. What well, do do manufacturers make? Can can you mount a Canon lens on a Fuji? Like, there's probably some way to translate that. Well, yeah, I mean they have like the adapters, but a lot of cameras you can't do that yet. I, I, mean, I assume one of these days they're gonna have it where you can use any lens on any camera body, but. Every company has its own mounts, designs, and stuff. So it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. Soon. proprietary on purpose. Yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So now you work with people like Anthrax and obviously garbage. And oh yes, that was fun. Yeah, that was a fun show in general. Oh, the uh, the disturbed was uh, that was a blast. I was telling Jason Jason before you came on about how there was maybe twenty people in the whole venue after we had done the photo shoot with Mike, and they go into their sound check, and Dan Donegan starts kicking into the loudness too. Oh, that's that. right. And you were wearing that's the right. loudness sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I had my I had my loudness uh, sweat sweatshirt on. That's right. Yeah, like he must have he seen, must seen it. Oh, totally yeah, totally. Insane. He was totally like, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was, was awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, you know that was pretty incredible to think that we we did that shoot and everything in the show box. Right. Right. And we only and had we like had what like ten, 10 minutes. minutes yeah, like ten minutes. Ten minutes, and we're just like. Thank goodness those guys were so cool and in in his light, dude. Uh, the light crew. Oh, they were yeah, so they good. Yeah, they fired up like, everything me, for us. Yeah. Yes, they were like, give us this, give us that, <clears throat> give it, and bam. You know, and, and the best was, though, is the finished product. Mike seeing it going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a great, great shoot. Yeah, yeah, he was really excited about that. And then our second one at uh, White River, that was a blast too because he had the. Uh, it was a was that a new set? No, you had the new uh, wraps on it mm-hmm. at the White River one. So. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the the, the one at the. At uh yeah. the, the prior shoot was the crumble the crumble the, yeah. yeah and then this one was the dna yeah oh yeah that's right the dna that's right yeah and by the time yeah, we got to shoot it it had already been through gosh half the tour so all those flash pods have been burning the shit out of those shells and everything and so nick was asking me he's like man you know how do i get rid of those little burn marks you don't yeah Oh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't melt off. Yeah, they held yeah, up really well. That disturbed show at White White River, I couldn't believe how much fire they had going behind Mike. I was just like, wow. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. That was crazy. But yeah, but yeah. But we so did. Surprised, I was surprised he still had facial hair, you know, after that show. <laughs> right. That's why it's all in the front. No, exactly. No. Yeah, nothing in the back or the top. Yeah. <laughs> but now, with all the people that you've shot, is there anybody that you haven't that you definitely would love to? Mm. Romstein. I would love love to shoot those guys. Maybe so you next time. I have not shot them. They they had they had like contracts before that it wasn't. That's right. right. I heard about yeah, that. So yeah. kind of passed it up myself. I mean, I could have shot him, but I just didn't want to do that. Uh Romstein, that's 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 my top one because of how much theatrical fire those guys have, and it's so big. I mean, the show's just insane. Like the last time they played the Decomodome, I was just my jaw was on the floor. Mm-hmm. Just thinking how much that production costs for each show, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, part just of techniques techniques alone. alone. Yeah, and I can't even imagine. You know, obviously they have to have the fire marshal come out and okay it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would, I would actually like to see the reaction of a fire marshal coming out and seeing That's their special. sound check, <laughs> you know, to, to show the fire. Right, and, right. and see their face like what because nobody 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 in the world does what they do mm-hmm. on stage yeah you'll yeah, recall you jason when we sell um, i took i took jason to see ramstein because i hadn't seen him and i was like well i want him to go with me you know yeah so so we go it and yeah what a spectacle i mean that show was amazing i think we were both kind of gobsmacked and uh when dude when walks dude out with the big, big wings, wings. oh yeah the angel wings yeah yeah that's yeah. just incredible imagine how much fuel whatever the heck they use for all the fire each night mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, knowing they gotta know their marks because that's totally fast, fast man. man yeah I, i'm sure if you like had a map of the united states you could see their tour line because they're like low on fuel in this state and the next state <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> yeah you know yeah that would be yeah. good yeah. that'd be a good shoot, be a good shoot. Oh, man. oh man and your love affair of fire doesn't stop at ramstein our research shows you like godzilla totally 
<laughs> You're looking forward to the next My whole um, life. You look yes. forward oh, yeah? to I'm looking forward to this uh, this next movie later this month. But I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the bind of I don't know if I'm going to get tickets for the movie theater or I'm going to have to go and do uh, the HBO trial deal they have and see the movie that way. Right, right. Well, the purpose of your own home is always a benefit. Yeah. Because then you can eat anything. Yeah, but it depends on how big your TV screen is. That's true. That's true. Because it's Godzilla and King Kong, which means yeah, it's got to be a big TV. Yeah, I need I need the big, the big screen. Yeah, it's yeah, not going to work on a little thirteen inch. inch. <laughs> Watch, Watch it on your iPhone. Oh no! Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I today just in anticipation, I I watched Destroy All Monsters, and I I learned that Godzilla. How do you feel about Godzilla adopting? A little dinosaur. Hey, that storyline is weird to me. And the the little character Milana or oh yes, uh, so you're, yeah. So the, you're talking about like Monster Ma- Manila. Yeah, yeah. They had a different they, name. They have they had two names for that movie, but like Monster Island, and that was a little kid that was get, getting bullied, and he would dream up the things, and then in that movie, Godzilla had his son. <laughs> which look like a little uh pillsbury pillsbury the doughboy the doughboy it didn't look anything like godzilla you're like okay well what i what is interesting though is is do you the photography just kind of the ideas and something as a professional like that you've you've got to be in awe it's like listening for for like for brian listening to in a really amazing guitar solo like some of the technology of the time and this, what the content they're capturing is really quite amazing. It's it's crazy to think the technology of these movies. You know, sometimes you just sit there and watch, going, "How long did it take them to do this?" <laughs> One thing I did notice is all the none of the buildings had paperwork or tables on the inside mm. there's nothing inside the buildings mm. but that's, that's that's part of the charm but mm. i imagine some a photographer like yourself you, you see some of these shots and you know it's tough there's no way to not think about my god the hours behind mm-hmm. and it's a one-off like if they don't do it right the first time i imagine they're not going to mm. spend the money to try it again yeah so i think what you're talking about is you're talking about the old godzilla movies where they actually had to make the sets Yes, the human size. So the guy in the suit would actually stomp through the city of a real, you know, they built it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally. Like he's, they mess up and he falls on the wrong building or, <laughs> <laughs> or the wrong explosion goes off. Well, you know, you could blow half the city up accidentally and have to redo it. Mm-hmm. Do you have shots like that where there's pyrotechnics mm-hmm. and you have to coordinate this is going to flash now and the smoke is going to happen at this moment and I'll capture it right at this point. Uh, there'll be shows that I know there's theatrics like that. 
And I, what I'll do is maybe go on YouTube or something and just kind of get an idea in my head of what's going to happen. Uh, but a lot of times you could do that and go to the show and your brain's just not going to think that way. It's not going <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, that, because there's so much going on. Uh, but it's more exciting to be kind of shocked seeing it and capturing it. And I, I saw there was some, I'm sorry, this, uh, there was some poor photographer that the, didn't the Queens of the Stone Age guy kick the photographer in the head? Yeah, I think that, yeah, there was a situation where there was a photographer in the pit and yeah, he just, I don't know exactly what the deal was and he kicked the camera and it, I think it was a lady and it hit her in the head or something and I don't know if she sued him or what, but I don't know really what the situation was, but no matter what it was, really, no no musician should be doing that. Well, you you don't fear for your gear when you're working with talent, obviously. When I'm think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get kicked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 been he he's fun to shoot, and you got to watch yourself. He's Kind of crazy. A little animator. Yeah, he throws stuff. Bits. <laughs> the, whole, the whole bit. Uh, Brian, you had a question and I, I stepped on you. Sorry. You know, but that's okay. It went with the ether. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, we had talked about like, you know, um, if you could shoot anybody, you, you chose Ramstein to be your yeah. one. But people that you have shot, what would you say would be the best act that you have shot with the best experience? Best experience. Hmm. Kiss. You know, I, I like the theatrical stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are always going to be my favorite. If you got a big show, <laughs> I want to shoot it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's more visual. Mm -hmm. for a photographer to be capturing and stuff you know slipknot i mean those those shows are just crazy mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen yeah there's a lot a lot of eye candy going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah there's the word right there eye candy yeah right does the band ever tell you to take photos of the crowd it's like dude also go, go grab the crowd photos is that a, i always, I always that do I always love taking shots of the crowds, no matter if I'm, you know, shooting for myself or a band or whatever. So now, there's are you able to one... get on? Are you able to get Is on that... what? On stage to take the photo of the crowd, or you just sort of mm -hmm. oh, see, hold it see, over your head? Like the photo behind me. Yes. That um, I shot that one from backstage, from the stage in the back. And I think um, it's either Madison Square Garden or the Forum, I think. I can't remember. I have to look at it. But yeah, those are, those are the best because I love doing views that most people don't, most audience people don't get to see. Especially if you get to get behind the band. 
during performance and yeah totally. you know, that kind of a view yeah yeah i don't even know if i moved uh if i moved to the side here if you see there it is who is the band there we go see there we go right there who's the talent yeah so that's just the bow shot who, who is the it? band oh journey oh okay yep yeah when you said madison gardens madison square garden i figured it was probably journey that you were talking yeah. about i was going to ask you about um <clears throat> when you go on the road with journey do you get to spend a lot of time with neil on one-on-one -on -one, just shooting him and documenting what he's doing or yeah during during the sound checks and stuff you know we mm -hmm. usually all get to the venue early hours before mm -hmm. and neil especially because he loves you, you know goofing around with all his guitar effects or new guitars that he gets and stuff so he'll go he'll go early mm -hmm. and just jam for hours <laughs> before anybody else gets there so it's, it's so that that is cool for me and to get there and just kind of get those documenting shots and you know, most people don't see okay well i got another question for you so if if somebody was to say an act was to book you what could they do to best prepare for having you come out to shoot them just be themselves okay which most do Mm -hmm. you know they're they're not gonna just they're not gonna do anything different just because somebody's coming out and shooting unless it's for certain you know let's say they're wanting a live album or something some kind of those kind of shots mm -hmm. then there might be some planning some planning going on with that but most of the time it's just show up shoot away so give, give us a story of a shoot that you did where something just went completely freaking awry. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, a shoot that went completely awry. The band was drunk. There were hookers. No, the only... Someone was show. struck with a weasel. <laughs> he, he struck with a weasel. No, um, the only, only, really, seriously, the only really show that I've ever was like, oh my god, was uh, when Slipknot played White River, and the drummer got sick before the show, and they had to cancel. And so they were going to go out and announce that this, you know, they were going to play. And I was just kind of like, yeah, we should probably get out of here now. <laughs> just, just in case. You were already down in the pit, ready to shoot yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be a dangerous place to be if everybody rushed the stage and you get crushed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with the Slipknot fans, you know, they're a little crazy. But yeah, that show was definitely get to your car quick right. kind of feeling well aren't they all called maggots isn't that oh yeah they, they're yeah. Called? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they're they're man they they have a lot of energy in their shows i mean they 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 definitely put on a show oh you know, they physically yeah physically yeah. 
for you know many of the members in the band it's pretty grueling mm-hmm. you know when you figure you're wearing those costumes you know the masks and the and the outfits and running around running around each night doing that it's it could be physical and mm-hmm. I, I think i've seen it in interviews too i think all of them have said that that's like how much longer can they do this yeah right yeah because i still look at it i mean kiss being my first band ever of being into i mean Mm -hmm. definitely not the first rock i ever heard um but definitely the first rock band i ever got into where i put every every square inch of my bedroom wall was covered with something (laughs) kiss you know um but you know when you go to a show like that i mean like what you were saying you know shooting it you go to shoot a, a band like that then something smaller just it just doesn't it's not there you know what i mean it, um i don't know how to really it's, it's kind of like getting in a really super fast fucking car and then you have to get back in your little hyundai to go to yeah. work the next day you know it's just mm-hmm. it, it's just not there anymore yeah i mean because you've seen something so extreme and so great and so awesome and then it's like man everything is just kind of small after that you know yeah i say i still love i i still love my favorite is definitely the smaller clubs even though you know it's shows can't be as spectacular as obviously as an arena or stadium mm-hmm. but just the energy inside a club you know those are the, like the real fans mm-hmm. you get to the bigger shows it's kind of your you have your fans and you have your others uh, just showing up with their friends or whatever but club shows those are those are the, those are fun to shoot and you've never shot anybody that you just walked away from going, man, why the, why the hell was I even here? Mm. Off the top of my head, I say no, but I know there is. <laughs> I, I know there is. It'll come to you at about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you at three in the morning. I remember what it was. <laughs> so now, okay, so a question would be um, for other photographers, how could they best respect your space when in the pit? Well, first off is I'm, I'm always thinking equal. It's like, nobody's, nobody's better than anybody else. If you're in the pit with the camera, you're there for a reason you're shooting for someone or whatever. Right. So, and, and so in that point is basically just look out for others. You know, we're all, bumping elbows and stuff and try not to get in front of other people you know when they're shooting and if you have some kind of shot in your head you need to maybe raise your camera for a second always look back make sure there's nobody back there shooting behind you and if there isn't do it quick get it done with but don't don't think you're the only one in the photo pit right and that you know you won't last long (laughs) (laughs) people will let people will let you know you'll learn once (laughs) probably with a lens in the back of the head (laughs) (laughs) depending on what they do (laughs) 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 no they just get a little tap on the shoulder you know it's like what you know right don't do that so now on your own time uh you and your wife steph have uh go out and you look for geodes is that correct yeah, she's she basically got into the whole rock thing, and then I got interested in it, 
and yeah we were going out there for some weekends and definitely trying to find crystals and all that stuff it's it's fascinating that you fascinating could actually, that it's just there yeah yeah you could actually go there and dig in dirt and find this stuff <laughs> but how do you recognize like because uh, i've seen some of the stuff that you find is it it just looks like a, a round brown rock and then you bust it open it's got all those gem or the, the crystals yeah it's got them. all that stuff and then you'll yeah. find you'll find crystals but you need to clean it up when you get home with solution and stuff and then that's when it really you know the crystal clear stuff and you're just like wow this thing was actually in the dirt for thousands of years right wow is there a value to these finds depending on what you find yeah because some of these some of these rocks you know you'll go into like this certain stores that sell it and stuff and you'll find some stuff going oh i love this and then you'll see the price and you're like oh <laughs> then you'll find oh, sure. the little you'll find the little history on the rock and where it comes from and you know and a lot of these a lot of these awesome looking rocks there's only like one place in the whole world they've ever found them and so they mine it from that area and then by the time it gets here in the united states it's a pricey little piece <laughs> right our rock hunters a lot like mushroom hunters i know their mushroom hunters do not share where the best mushroom hunting is I imagine <laughs> rock, rock, is rock hunting the same way um i would say yes and no uh i think more you know you if you go into youtube there's a lot of people that are posting videos of like hey i found this here or that oh. um, but yeah i'm sure there's some really good locations people aren't going to give that information away and how do you determine where you're going to go look word of mouth of locations so you don't and, go by geological uh structuring or any type of like oh there was a volcano here or anything like that <laughs> no no I, no i'm not that far into it pretty much i listen to stephanie it's like okay she says that location's good okay we're going <laughs> <laughs> and, and does she just go by word of mouth and she just looks it up and like look up online you know where where people find stuff and no she belongs to like some groups and stuff oh okay yeah so there's a lot of information passed on in those groups photos and stuff so are you making jewelry out of it or is it like you? she has yeah oh. she makes amazing jewelry out of some of it oh right on yeah and does she sell it at like markets and stuff like that or not yet well she she has but We'd like to see, I like to see her do it a little more, you mm -hmm. know, you got to set up a business and everything, you know, business license and all that stuff. Yeah. You get it set up, but yeah, she does pretty awesome work with it. Why not? I imagine it's, it's not like, uh, you know, you, you try to make things out of clay and it's like, well, here's another ashtray. It's <laughs> no. Like, no. So <laughs> when she does it, it's, it's, it's all in. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> For me, it'd be like, here's another keychain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was well, going to be earring. No, no. it's a keychain. <laughs> no. And, it, and, it, sorry, go ahead. 
But I say it's it's crazy because you know the wire and everything around the rocks. I mean, it's just so my fingers are too big. You know, it's like I don't have that uh, the tiny fingers to to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I have a hard enough time building Legos with her with my <laughs> sausage fingers. You know, <laughs> sometimes I have to say, "Can you put this together?" Because I just cannot do it. <laughs> I love that there's a, instead of people walking on fire, now they're like pits, people walking on a distance on Legos. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, you, you stepping on them over there? No, we're not. Oh. We're, all the, all, more like the kids are out of the house. So there's no, uh, no way no Legos are all laying around the house <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I didn't know you have children. Your children are out of your house. You said. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to ask: Did you set up any of your children for like their yearbook photo with the awesome neon backgrounds? I no. loved those. And oh no, no, you couldn't think of the. Oh, I just love those shots, man. <laughs> <laughs> You, you that's what children are for you're supposed to make them sit there while you abuse <laughs> the neon well, I, mean, I mean my one time i did buy a oh this pumpkin was huge and i stuck my daughter and she was probably like six months maybe and uh i stuck her in the pumpkin, sitting in the pumpkin, and I put the top of the pumpkin, you know, the cutout on her head. It's one of our favorite shots ever. Oh, oh man, I'm sure that, that was that was back that was back in that was back in 1999. So I, I assume if I did something like that today, I would get thrown in jail probably for child abuse or something. Just oh, the way the world's going. <laughs> Or you were the one that actually, you might have been the one that started the trend of that other photographer that puts like the baby in the flowers and stuff. Uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah, They saw your work and then they started off. Yeah. Yeah. They said, hey, if you can stick her in a pumpkin, I can do this. (laughs) I'll put them in a teacup. Yeah. I personally, (laughs) yeah. Personally, I, I, I don't like those. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too, yeah. It's silly and contrived. It, it's silly. It really is. I mean, yeah. It's like, oh, like it's a pea pod, you know? It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine your kid, you know, 20 years later sees that and saying, you, you, you did this to me? <laughs> that, that was me. Well, that's, what, that's what, that's the photo you show their prom date to humiliate oh, yeah. your child, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Here's my child in a, you know, in the school play being a squash. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, geez. <laughs> well, what are you, um, are, are you like Brian or are you a fan of firearms? Um, I'm a fan of firearms, but I don't have any. <laughs> I don't well, know. that's not a bad dig. That means like yeah. the world's your oyster. You can just go rent whatever you want. Yeah. No commitment. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, with that, I'm, I'm not against any of it, you know, it's just like, so personal choice, you know? Right, right. And that's uh, the adult way of looking at it. 
yeah you know it's like everybody's got their own responsibility and stuff and uh you know lately i've thought about it you know about getting a, you know maybe a concealed weapon permit or something like that but uh it sounds like there's a shortage of like guns and ammo uh, Brian know. created that shortage. Is that what it is? It's all over your <laughs> place. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, it was yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, no, but no, but you, you're right. There is a little bit of a shortage, um, and hopefully, it'll end soon. Yeah, and why, why, why is that a shortage of the ammo? Just because there's so many people just randomly going out buying now because of the way the world is and. Pretty much. Yeah. If you listen to the manufacturers, that's their, that's their answer that, you know, they're making the ammunition is just being sold out. And yeah. I believe that because, you know, when I go into the yeah. store, they stock up on Thursday, you step in there Friday morning, there's nothing left. So somebody's buying it all, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's any kind of conspiracy or anything kind of weird going on or anything like that. You know, yeah. I, I had read that certain things i don't believe things that i read I, I you know i tend to think it's probably supply and demand and they're yeah. not being able to keep up you know because the raw yeah. materials aren't there i mean uh a lot of your companies are having to repackage uh so they're uh taking spent brass and then repackaging it as new product even though it's already been used once or twice oh really yeah huh. and so because recycled yeah, it's just recycled shells. And wow, um, you can use brass. From what I understand, you can use it two to three times before it loses its integrity. And then you have to just break it down to start over. Hmm. But uh, I think brass is one of those materials that you can re-smelt over and over and over again. It doesn't lose its strength, right? Hmm. I think that's the case. But And that's why that would be why they would use brass for all these centuries, right? Well, yeah, what, right. 150 years, 200 years. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, there's definitely a shortage. So is there, what's the shelf life forever? A if bullet? I bought a box? If you buy a box? Yeah. Hmm. It depends on the conditions. It depends on how humid your house is, how damp it is, what the weather's like, you know, because all those things can be detrimental to gunpowder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you've seen movies where somebody takes a 12 gauge shotgun shell and they open up the box and they go to test it and they squeeze it and just, just turns oh. to dust in their hands, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've never really seen that happen, but yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine there's shotgun shells that don't work because they got moist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But these days, I mean, you know, some firearms, I mean, they, they, they make the bullets so well that you can discharge them underwater. You know, you can't wow. sustain it for a long period of time. Like you couldn't keep the bullet underwater for six months and then shoot it. I'm sure it would work. But, yeah. You know, wow. but, uh, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. But there's definitely a shortage. But from what I understand this past year, there's been more firearm sales than ever. Yeah. Like in every year combined almost, it's like, <laughs> it's just bam, all of a sudden just everybody's afraid. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's, it is what it is, but then on the other hand is how many of these people just going out and buying it, you know, just to buy it. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, there's certain people that shouldn't be having them. That's <laughs> you true. Know? That is definitely true. You know, 
yeah it's just it's it's just a it's like a fad happening you know just with the way the world is and stuff and you know there's a shortage on ammo it just blows me away to think you know we're not in a war <laughs> at right. all yet right. there's a there's a shortage of actual personal ammo and in the sales like you said the sales i saw um i was watching a video on youtube the other night and the guy was saying his daily sales were probably like 500 percent each day compared to a year or two ago uh-huh. and i'm just and, and then they showed his stock he had nothing left on the walls you right know, he had a couple you know rifles but nothing small and then and no ammo <laughs> right yeah it's and it's that it's like that everywhere you know i mean just stepping into a store to pick up a box of bullets or something you know i mean you step in there and you're looking around it's like wow there's nothing here yeah it's crazy no. you know it's and then they get there needs to be a waiting list yeah how, yeah how fast is it how fast is the turnaround now to go to a store you know and to buy a gun i mean what's the actual rules like like let's say me like i've never i've never owned a gun but I'm, if i'm interested in going to buy one I would have to go to the store and then what they run a personal background check on you then what it's like weeks i'm waiting it's about eight I actually days. like bought one in the store yeah like you go in there and you purchase it and then you wait eight days oh eight days yeah it's eight days and uh that's how long it was for me and uh, and i mm. had something transferred in i bought from out of state because mm. they didn't have in-state what i wanted mm. so i bought from a uh, place in west virginia and they overnighted it over here to a store here oh, and wow. then i paid them a transfer fee which was i think 50 bucks and then that mm. covers my taxes and everything so i was set yeah so yeah. um and then i just waited the eight days for the background check and i think it was uh yeah it was on a saturday they called me up and go hey your uh, your weapon's ready to pick up and i was like whoa <laughs> 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 my truck <laughs> I drove across town get out of my way <laughs> yeah all excited but you know i got my concealed pistol permit and everything and jumped through all those hoops and that took a while yeah how long did it take you to get the concealed weapon permit? man you go online and you sign up you fill out everything and you pay up front really and then you wait and then you wait and you wait because they'll, what they'll do is they'll schedule your time to go into fingerprint because you got to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all electronic. It's not ink anymore. It's not like they're rolling your finger. You could do oh, it on right. your you could do it on your phone if you wanted to, if they were smart. But that's not yeah. what they want. They want you to come to the shop, right? Or that well to the sheriff's office. So you go to the sheriff's office. But what they do is they go, oh yeah, there's no dates available until oh December of 2022. Oh wow! You know, it's to discourage you from getting one. That's really what yeah. it is. It's they yeah. put the date so far out for you to get it. Mm-hmm. So you can't carry that weapon that you paid for and bought and paid for the license to carry. Well, you can, yeah. you just can't conceal it until that time. Because, you know, Washington state law, um, you can go into a store and you can purchase a firearm, wait your eight days for your background check when you go to pay, when you go to pick it up and it's mm-hmm. now in your hand and it's registered in your name. You can walk down the street with it up in the air. 
And you can really? walk anywhere you want, full open display, anywhere in the state of Washington, and nobody can do a thing about it. You just cannot fire it. Hmm. And of course, in the state of Washington, if you go walking around, somebody's going to beat you up. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to, what you got a gun for? You're going to shoot yeah. people away, you know? But <laughs> yeah, the, uh, but you can open carry. Anybody is, as long as you are not a, con a convict, a felon, or, you know, have any mm -hmm. reason like you're an illegal immigrant or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you are a legal American citizen in the United States of America, you know, and you're a citizen of the Washington state uh, or whatever, a resident of Washington state, you can open carry uh, a firearm as long as it's in your name. Wow. And, but the concealed carry is for, if you want to put it in your pocket. Yeah. Or if you want to put it under your seat in your car so yeah. nobody else can see it, that's concealing it. So that's what you pay for. You know, which basically it means you're paying for the security that somebody's not going to steal it from you. That's really <laughs> what it is, yeah. right? Because I mean, if you're dumb enough to leave it in your car, you kind of you're kind of dumb enough to get it stolen. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, this wasn't a waste of your time. Hopefully, you've had some fun here. Oh no, I had some fun. I always love talking. Yeah. Well, you well, know, you'll by... always be welcome back. So if, yeah. you, if you ever want to come back and cool. talk to us some more, yeah. Well, One thing, Brian just... and I, uh, I was going to say, we we encourage but don't promote is the consumption of, of sake during the interview. Uh, <laughs> sake. Uh, oh, yeah, the little eraser from the Blackboard of Life. Oh, boy, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. But Brian has yeah. Brian has this bladder buster bottle. And it, he's oh, wow. Pretty big. Yeah, and mine is actually not what's Oh, look at this. My green screen. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Wait, I got to turn it now. Oh, wait. It's it's Monster oh, yeah. Hydro, but it's not. I actually bought it only for the bottle, and then I stick my own water in it. <laughs> you, make, you make your own water, Mike? Yes, I always make my own, my own flavored <laughs> <I> water. Make... <laughs> Cold gin. <laughs> no, right on. Oh. <laughs> your heater's broke, right? and you're so tired. Do I? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was thinking again. So uh, not part of this show, but I'll make you really jealous, Mike. Back in uh, 1977, I went with a family friend to a KISS show. Love gun tour. <laughs> I, it you was. Know, 77 would be Was it 77? Yeah. And ACDC opened, as in Bon Scott. Wow. And um, the guy I went with was a session player bass player in in memphis mm -hmm. where i grew up and he knew some of the security and convinced them this was my last first and last concert because i was dying of leukemia so i got backstage and hung out with kiss in acdc in 77 and what's sad is now that i'm i'm geez I, i'm in my late 50s God, I, I don't remember one minute of that encounter except that it happened. It's so oh, embarrassing. You, you didn't have an iPhone back then? I, <laughs> I didn't I don't even think calculators were a thing yet. <laughs> wow. And now, oh, yeah, I and somewhere I still have my tour t-shirts and the big gatefolds uh concert booklet oh yeah the, yeah 
Yeah, and beautiful photography, really glossy, yeah. heavyweight paper. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that was, yeah, you saying Love Gun reminded me. I was like, oh man, that was, uh, no, the cold gin. You said cold gin. Yeah, yeah. cold gin, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do remember lots of explosions. <laughs> like lots of explosions <laughs> yeah, was a lot not of on a ramstein level but right yeah, i think kids. they had yeah lots their name was in lights and blinked quickly by the letters i think I yeah that. yeah yeah that show that tour the 77 one was probably the most dramatic stage show at that time for sure yeah and, that and was just and just to think 1977 they were doing those fire blast those had to be sketchy no yeah. doubt yeah i no mean doubt. seriously well, gene, wasn't gene i think gene did one out of his mouth too he, yeah he breathed yeah. fire and he he yeah yeah you know? and he, he caught his head on fire once he caught twice. his head on fire once yeah yeah really yeah yeah, yeah totally there's video isn't there a video on youtube i think mm -hmm. it was like 1975 or 74 <laughs> right yeah and he yeah. didn't even know. He didn't even know his hair was yeah, on fire. Somebody come run up behind. Yeah, him and he just ran out and threw a towel over his head. Right. I think the funny. Imagine that <laughs> you're sitting there like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And your that was awesome. Fire, you have no clue. <laughs> I think the funniest pyrotechnics gone wrong uh, was the story about Blackie Lawless. Mm -hmm. Have you captured an incident like that on stage? Like, oh my God, that, you know, Michael Jackson's on fire. Um, no, but I have a, I have a shot um, when I was shooting corn and I believe, yeah, it had to been monkey. It had to been monkey. And he was swinging around with his guitar, right? In a 360, just kind of going around. And I swear he thought he didn't know where he was at that moment because when he swung around the second time, that flame came out and I was right there and I caught the shot. And you could just <sighs> see his guitar, like the, the guitar strap is out here and the guitar's out there and he's like, you know, he, he could feel the flame. So he was going one way and his guitar was going the other. One thing I wanted to do before we before we wrapped everything up is I wanted to ask you um, if people wanted to book you mm -hmm. so that you can make some money, how do they reach you? you? Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. Just private message me there. It's easy. I'm like, just, just by up. your name? Just yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just Iron Mike Savoya. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, Savoy Photography Live is the pages for the concert stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So, but if you connect on any of those pages, you're going to find me <laughs> intertwined <laughs> at the other places. So, excellent. And I'll go ahead and put links and stuff on here. Okay. And cool. Stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get you some business or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Things should start being, you know, start kicking up again. You know, nationally, let's hope, you know, I don't know about local music. You know, I don't really don't know what's going on with that anymore. So let's just hope we can get into a summer and actually be halfway normal. <laughs> and uh, I do have a parting question. Mm -hmm. Your nickname, Iron, mm -hmm. 
what's what's up are you like iron fist or i used to i used to i used to work with the band sugar ray and on their very first album on the lemonade brownies cd they had a, they had a song called iron mike and it was for iron mike tyson oh but once i started you know friends with the band and work with the band then they just started calling me that <laughs> and so it's caught on and so it was a uh it was a vh1 show i forget what it was called fan fest or something like that but anyways they featured me on that and so i had my 15 minutes of fame on vh1 and and then All when right. they showed that I, that's when I totally, that's when the whole Iron Mike thing became permanent <laughs> when all the fans saw that. And so it's helped. It's, you know, it gives, <laughs> gives me a little different identity in the concert photography world. Mm -hmm. Besides right a little on. weird. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much, uh, Iron Mike. For yeah. Your time. Excited for, to meet I haven't met you. Out. Nice to meet you. Brian, of yep. course, already knew you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Cheers, man, I'm sure you. we'll work together again. Oh, yeah. All right. Talk soon, All right, brother. Have a good one. Later. Enjoy. Bye-bye.